Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio, of course, is a music interview and story podcast available for free at iTunes and from the website on your interwebs at musicliferadio.com. Today on the program, we feature Eric Reel, an IT professional and a poet. Poetry and music have so much in common, and I've been a big fan of Eric's poetry for a long time now. Eric Reel and I are friends from the fifth grade. We went to Crestwood Elementary School together back in the early 80s. I'm thinking 1980 or so is when we first met. Quickly became friends, sharing a strong love of video games. We started off playing Atari 2600 video games like Canyon Bomber and Maze Craze and Pac-Man, Defender, all those great classics. We'll talk about a little bit about that today. Mainly though, we want to get into the creative process, talk to Eric about poetry in general, what got him inspired to write poetry. Listen to several of Eric's poems and share a few stories. So, without further ado, let me introduce to you Eric Reel. We'll start this episode off with a poem called The Winged Bird. Thanks again for checking us out. And here we go Music Live Radio, Real Poetry. everything like a spy. A winged creature like this should know its purpose, but in fact it is naive as all the rest, leering and anticipating the next frightful move. My name is uh, Eric Reel. I live in Kirkland, Washington. I'm married, have a wonderful wife. I've been a computer trainer, computer geek for quite a while. I grew up in Washington. I've lived here most of my life. I've lived in a place called Kent. Uh, at the same time, I, you know, I went to normal schools. I uh, went to college. I have a degree in computer science. What I really want to know is, when did you first get interested in poetry? Obviously, I've known you for a long time, <laughs> since fifth grade. But when did you become interested in poetry? It was sometime after college, if I recall. It's actually long before that. When I was in high school, I had, I had two classes. Uh, everybody has them, uh, American literature and English literature, that kind of thing. And one, one of the teachers in particular, he, he made poetry uh, something that was wasn't what I 
had thought it was. It was it was more like a puzzle, uh, either a puzzle you build or a puzzle you had to think about. He did that with Shakespeare and all sorts of things that we did in class. So what I did is I tried to write poetry. It wasn't so good the first time, but there was in high school when it first started. What are some of your earliest poems? Do you still have any of those? Uh, I do. I, I have a one that's kind of like... Uh, the rain falls mainly in the Spain. <laughs> it sounds kind of like that. I was just trying to put words together at that time. But uh, you want me to read it? Sure. In that brain. In that membrane, there was a cell. And part of that cell, there was a thing. And part of that thing, there it was. A thing of unknown origin. A thing of power without bite. In it all was known. In that thing, part of that cell. In that membrane, part of that brain. In that person, part of that land. In that world, part of that galaxy. In that universe, part of space. There it was, without disgrace. That was one I wrote in high school. Writing poetry, you started this in in school, and you've continued it on all of your life, pretty much? There have been gaps, but uh, uh, at different times in when I went to high school, when I went to college, there were just inspirational times when I had to get something out, or it, it really it just started kind of showing up in my brain, and I felt like I had to write it. So it still happens that way. Is uh, your poetry very situational? Um, well, I had, there's a lot of love poems that I do not have with me <laughs> to different women <laughs> yeah, or <yeah>. girls, <laughs> uh, like my current wife, she has a lot of poems that I wrote to her, uh, but some of that situational, but a lot of it is more, um, uh, thinking about how humans and how the world works or to how, if I, if I can understand how I, how I work how my brain works and, my senses and so forth. Gotcha. What What are some of your favorite subject matters for your poems? The the, the subject matter that I like the most is um, you might call it uh, psychological or really it's about how how does memory work uh, in some aspects of my life, like in my IT life. Uh, I, I have a really good memory. I can recall things that are situational. <laughs> um, but at the same time, what about something that happens in the past? Uh, how does that stay with you? Uh, the One of the poems I wrote, uh, In the Mind, it's about memories that you might not be able to get rid of, or you, you want to, or things you can't uh, get rid of, like you know an ex-wife or something like that. In the Mind Cannot burn what is in the mind. Erase not with elixir and bad. Dull more the senses, vile that come. It is experience which is memory again. Eradication is invention, created forevermore. Acceptance forthwith unrealized, avoided and a miss. Thinking is imagination, and the experience etched here and more like sand on stone.
So how does how does that work uh, just in day-to-day life, but as well, how do you think about it? How do you think about the memories that just come up to you? It might be more, more personal experience that uh, my brain might work differently, but I, I talk to people and they... <laughs> They have the same kind of thing, but I don't hear people talking about it. So this was kind of an outlet when I early on in my life when I didn't have somebody to kind of talk through this psychological memory experience. Yeah, I, when I read your poems or listen to your poems, I, I tend to that I could relate to a lot of the stuff you're talking about. I think that's yeah. what makes it so cool, I think. Yeah. Again, uh, part of that is that this was very this was private until I became Barely became more of a, a person when I was in college. I finally started sharing it. Um, there was a roommate who we started talking about these papers we had to write in college, you know. And I was <laughs> I was supposed to go to a uh, an art show and then write something about it, right? So he saw me on his Mac just make up a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know how college papers can be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he says, "Where does that come from?" Well, I said, "Well, I, you know, I've been writing poetry." And he, then he asked me if I could see it, and he read them, and he gave me critiques. But that first time was kind of interesting because he then he shared something about you know things that he had been he had been writing stories and stuff. So, oh, and so he shared those with you. Yeah, so that was the kind of uh, an icebreaker for me. And then the women in my life eventually got to see them when they became worthy as well. (laughs) 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 But there were ones that were not worthy. (laughs) Here's a question I like to ask everybody, and normally it's, what does music mean to you? And you can answer that question as well, but a lot of the music I listen to obviously has lyrics, and the lyrics really are just poetry as well. And uh, So what does poetry mean to you? Well, if we stick with just poetry, um, for me, it's always been a way of trying to express what we don't do with our common language or whatever common language. Uh, I, I learned how to do sign language, and when I learned that I could communicate in this different way, there was a different experience, uh, especially when you re- read signs. Uh, I didn't learn enough French to, to do that, but at, when you experience life and there's some uh, aspect of it that it just doesn't quite feel complete then poetry can be a place where these different forms can either be created or make make things new or re-express maybe a, a complex series of feelings and events that's yeah yeah well that's that's good hap Unknown thoughts on this paper. Ink within my pen. Untold riches. Creation is bold. Feelings are tired, weak, and weary. Combine, adapt, assimilate, construct. Construction is what I want. The flux and molecules in this place stimulate nerves in me to which I feel the edifice of all. My fingers and mind. There is no return to solitude, no remorse for stalety, no shame, no cage. Free 
free, clean, keen moments of explosive destiny. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask is, is there some kind of commonality in the way the brain works as it relates to math and art, like poetry or music? Well, my, my experience uh, trying to play music or, or listen to it is originally my poems that I wrote were really stream of consciousness. It seemed like a, a flash of light and it came out. And then I would read something later that I wrote and I go, I wrote that and either good or bad or whatever. So when you think about doing mathematics or when I think about that, I don't quite um, see it as uh, that. I would see more rhythm uh, or beats or um, melodies. That's how I would relate the mathematics. And I'm, I'm pretty good at math even to these days and remember calculus and have to do things when I do computer programming. But I don't quite, it doesn't quite uh, relate in that way to me most of the time. If we wanted to start talking about how how I think this happens for me or how I could remember some kind of derivative in calculus, uh-huh. that those things might be related. But when I think about solving problems, uh, it's either I know of a way of solving it or there has to be a way, whereas poetry isn't necessarily solving a problem. True. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the the problems that occur are poetry is an attempt at I can't solve this, and I, I have to get this out, or this feels better when it's out. This is a way of just communicating thought that you have. Yeah, where uh, mathematics, maybe with someone else who's up to par with mathematics, you might have a feeling. I've, I've experienced that. Yeah. You know what I find really interesting is that when I read your uh, poems, they don't. it's hard to tell if there's a, a real meter or flow to them until I actually listen to you one from the recordings, and when I was adding the music on top of this, I was pretty amazed that it really worked well because there was a definite rhythm and flow. A lot of them, a lot of them, I uh, uh, whether we talk about alliteration and rhyme, alliteration is probably something more I would use, but I, I don't necessarily sit down and decide on words. Uh, my vocabulary isn't huge, but it's larger than the average person. So words just kind of come out, and either they fit or they don't. So if we talk about uh, the meter of any of my poems, then I don't really decide one, but I think it comes from me talking it through in my head while it's okay. happening. Yep, uh-huh. So that's why it probably can actually make something match. But they're... Like uh, Relentless is a more uh, derived or puzzled poem. And I'm using that word because there were some choices being made. And I've written other poems like that. Which wasn't quite a stream of conscious. You actually had to think some things out when you're writing. Yeah, it was more uh, choosing to keep uh, a stream alive. And that's kind of what the poem is about, too, is being uh, relentless and what that word might feel.
Relentless. Dancing not my best. Bouncing, bopping, gives unrest. Death walks in, doing the waltz. Goes into a hoofing, tapping fit. Bright blank eyes contest me. Rattle, rattle, my feet move. It's not impressed. Smiles of blankness dismember me. Stunned, my best gets better. Hoofing and hopping, I aim to please. It has no mercy. Screams my soul to bits. Stammering into a country kick. Loping and lumbering. Kick, kick. It is relentless for cheat. Inhales my life's force. My bod is missing. But I clamber, scrape, and tear my steps. It burps like plump berries. And ingests smiles. One thought with a comma. Relentless. Where do you derive a lot of your inspiration for your poems? I, I've always been an avid movie watcher. Oftentimes there's a small piece of a movie where the images and the dialogue and there's something happens there that they're trying to express something and I either try to re-express it through a poem or it gives me an idea or fuel for, for that kind of thing. So that and the music will do that to me as well. I, I'm often... I'm often listening to lyrics more than anything else, especially the voice that says the, the that you know does enunciation or or sings. the The voice is really important for me. Music. What are some musicians or voices, uh, lyricists or vocalists that uh, inspire you? Um, I, I've been listening to Green Day for like six years now. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, it's more an obsession with Green Day <laughs> than uh, uh, was the was the lead singer uh, uh, Billy Joel or what's his name? Billy Joe. Yeah. He may not have the best voice in the world, but at the same time, he it is the emotion that he sings with, whether it's live or, or recording. And they're you know somewhat political at the same time, oh, but yeah, they're definitely. really really popular as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Oftentimes, I, I look for something that I can listen to over, uh, as well as uh, has some uh, what what you might call the nitty gritty. It has it's trying to get to something that's meaningful in life. Counting Crows, uh, I listen to them quite a bit, but I'll listen to Anya and uh, more uh, non vocal pieces as well. Yeah, I think maybe you turn me on to. Dead Can Dance. I, I could be wrong on that. Um, were you listening to that band? Yeah, I think my my uh, my dad and my brother were uh, quite a few years ago. And Dead Can Dance is, I, I I have it on my phone right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 
it's an interesting because um, they're doing uh, chants and they're doing some of the more um, more archaic or different forms. And some of the, sometimes those show up in in more modern music, but they're using voices for instruments a little bit more than what we would see. Yeah, that stuff is really inspiring to me. I really yeah. really dig it. Are there any other uh, musicians or bands that uh, you like? Some of it is uh, a particular song, like uh, the other Billy Joel, the older one. Uh, he has some songs that it really evoke memories for me, and those are memories attached to experiences I had. A lot of people uh, that I've talked to about music, often a song is related to an experience that they had and not the lyrics of the song. You know what I mean? Oh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, it reminds them of a point in time. Where other times you, I catch myself listening finally to the lyrics, and I go, "Oh, that's you know, that's an amazing thing." Like, if you want to link back to in high school, uh, this teacher that kind of inspired me, he had us um, read and interpret Bruce Springsteen lyrics to his songs. I had that same teacher. <laughs> yeah, I know, Mr. Park. <laughs> yes, Mr. Park, exactly. And you know, it it might have been granola at the time or whatever, but at the same time he got into the words and brought them to life. You know, he woke us up in, in a way that that's really what was inspirational about that. And that woke me up to poetry and what music was and how those things are related. Yeah. I remember that class distinctly. And I remember we brought in rush lyrics when uh-huh. I was, when I was doing it and uh, the trees in particular. And it was really neat to see all these different people bringing in different song lyrics yeah. And uh, he was he was a Bruce Springsteen fanatic. That's a an understatement, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, that was a very cool class. So oftentimes uh, there might be somebody else who writes lyrics and someone who's performing them. But uh, when they when there's a connection there, and the performer uh, really brings out some of the the meaning and the way the cadence and how it's done. You, you finally listen and you go, there's something more here. And it's some, sometimes they're not complicated words, just the way that they're spoken often uh, evokes a, a real emotion that you want to, you want to hear again. So. Yeah. For me, I'm really uh, into Nirvana and a lot of times I can be listening to Kurt Cobain sing and I might not even be able to tell what he's singing about. And a lot of times he's even said, and I don't know if this is 100% true or not, but he'll just make up some lyrics. But it's really his delivery and the emotion behind it. So he could be reading a back of a cereal box and he would still be able to emote some kind of feelings <laughs> into you know, his mood at the time. Yeah, and when I, when I was doing some of the recording with you, I, I really only tried to think about what the emotional thing i was the emotional memory for writing it some some of those were more difficult because they're older as well but the way that my memory works is is uh most people call it a situational memory uh, but it's related to some kind of sense or even just how i'm moving or it's you know it's not um you know photographic it's I, I feel deja vu a lot is maybe another way of saying it. Anxious ZZ. Tighten the grip. Feel the grip. Hold on to that grip. 
Stop the silence. Almost nearly silent. Keep on trying to silence. Volumes of pressure. Floating low pressure. Riding through waves of pressure. Glistening diced screams. Perfectly whining screams. Continual and ending standing screams. I stand, gripping tightly to nothing. As hearing is absent, more silence, building and building immensely, bends of pressure. Finally, I think to an end, just screams. Do you plan on doing anything more with these poems? Have you shared them anymore in recent years? Have you thought about maybe putting a book together, even if it was just for yourself? Maybe starting a blog? Anything like that? <laughs> uh, I thought about the book and the blog, and I thought I've submitted poems to different poetry contests and things like that. But at the same time, what it comes back to is uh, if you ask me to, you know, do something uh, impromptu, I might come up with something okay. Uh-huh. But at the same time, there's always been some kind of inspirational, I don't know, taekwondo. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. There's there's something that has to happen, and I have to write it or, or type it in these days. It, that still happens to me, and that's good. But a blog, I, I think I would just... Most of the time, what I think about blogs, I don't want to say. <laughs> An example of a, uh, in a technical way, IT, in a, in doing consulting in IT, I have to research something that I don't know everything about or whatever. And there are just forums and forums and blogs, and there's not very much information there. I, I, I want to say it nicely. <laughs> a lot of data, but not much information. I could agree with that. <laughs> so a blog would be more like, you know, a barf. <laughs> You might yeah. barf what you did today and that kind of thing. And that can be beneficial for that person. But if I was going to do something, I'd want to have it have some meaning more than, more than me. You know, uh, I like to, people to get along, and that gets me in trouble sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> on the Internet. <laughs> in what way? Well, it's not that I don't like conflict, and I've done that in my work before, and I can be a leader. I can be a bastard. I can tell you that you're wrong. Uh, but at the same time, when I, when I do something that's, I want to be positive, even if my poetry might sound glum and gloomy at times, I want it to have a positive effect. Staggering to believe. Cash machines I set in motion. To the touch, they are death. Trickling and pinging the noises I hear. I fear to tremble, for I am alone. Change is the way of the world, and we or I are merely the paper that it exchanges. Rulers change, and money doesn't. Rich are rich. The poor are near death. Please, God, where are you now? I see a lot of negativity with 
people writing stuff uh, from the early days of BBS till to today. Uh, forums are filled with people screaming at each other. There's a movement on Facebook to put a dislike button, and some people are making a very good point of why. <laughs> why do you need to put a dislike on something? Well, Simply somebody, just don't respond to it if you don't like it. You know? Somebody's found a way to make money off that dislike button. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's There's a, a lot of Facebook like and dislike buttons showing up on all sorts of sites, uh, even tech forums, if, if you don't go there too often. so Yeah. There's no need for dislike. I mean, there's enough hate out there anyway. <laughs> why do we, why do we yeah. need to promote it on Facebook, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, 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 as well, it gets... Um, the the Internet is a, a, a great tool, and there's lots of information you can find at your fingertips these days, but it, it doesn't... Um, even the conversation we're having here, being friends and so forth, is one of politeness and there's no rudeness and there's a backward experience, but the conversations people have is they immediately go to, I don't care about you. I'm anonymous. I'm that's not the place I really want to share my inner life with. (laughs) Yeah. And really when you think about it, those are, you know, people need to develop social skills to interact with each other in the real world. And it's almost like, uh, going backwards uh, people people are unlearning ways to interact positively with each other i don't know it's interesting the the internet is a wonderful tool but there's obviously some some dark territory there as well well i've i the last six months at least i've been um listening to all of uh mlr and it, it's uh it's a positive thing as well it's not it's not a place to Hack and maim. <laughs> You're trying to bring something positive to to the world, something that's in these different realms and bringing together. I really like it. So, well, good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Moment one. It was like looking at a missile come straight at you, unavoidable, determined, continuous, unleashing. Bright light creamed over the edge of the wall. Bright, bushy, lovely, brilliant. Blue-gray like parts of the ocean from space. Faster, gravity, fluid, continuum. Falling along the sky with twinkling stars. Full, euphoric, peace, motion. Always approaching a higher high, a brighter light. It was the naked sky in pure splendor. Rejoice. I was going to ask, uh, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do when you're not working or writing poetry? 
Well, I've been a gamer for too many years. <laughs> but yep, <laughs> I know uh, this. <laughs> I know this story very well. <laughs> uh, at the same time, I've been through many stages of gaming. Uh, gaming uh, is a place where I actually learned about logic, uh, and I learned how to think. Uh, so that aspect of it is is always there, and it comes up in poetry at times when you have to you're trying to come up with something that's good and you might not be trying to offend or you might be trying to offend. So the idea that you can use logic is a good idea. So gaming has always had a place where there's a place for creativity and solving puzzles and, and doing things interactively. That isn't a bad thing. So my hobbies have always been uh, part of gaming, and that starts from playing cards to board games to computer games. But, you know, that's some people view that as, I don't know, masturbatory or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely a lot of different types of games out there. I've always been attracted to ones with really good stories, because that's what I've always been interested in stories. Uh, and. Um, yeah, and definitely being able to apply your mind to logic puzzles yeah. to solve things. Um, I, you know, I remember back in the days when we were first starting to play games, there's a, they were a lot different <laughs> than, they are, than they are today. And I don't just mean the good graphics and everything. It seems like nowadays, and this is not all games, but a lot of games will just walk you through the story and are actually really more like an interactive movie rather than a, a puzzle-solving ex, you know, experience. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a story about, um, well, I don't mention which cousins, but I have some cousins that are a little bit younger. They're a generation or two behind us. Yeah. And I was trying to describe a, a roguelike game, this, you know, a text game. I don't know if your audience will understand that. The rogue, net hack, all those types, yeah. Mario. Mm -hmm. I was trying to describe that to them and and they had never experienced that. So I was trying to say, well, you, there's characters on the screen that represent your avatar and you pick up items and that kind of thing. And they were laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they said, oh, but do you type in attack with sword? I said, well, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and they just kept on laughing. So uh, I, was trying to, I was trying to relate an idea to them. And it's an idea that goes throughout not only my poetry, but I try to make it part of my life, is that our imagination is really key to us understanding new concepts and understanding other people. So I was trying to get them to imagine something that they've never experienced, and that was really difficult. So. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I remember playing, you know, Atari twenty six hundred, imagining the duck like thing on the screen was <laughs> <Yeah>. a dragon, <laughs> and it was scary. It was scary, it was scary. especially yeah. the red one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it moved so fast. <laughs> it took more imagination, maybe before, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and nowadays the imagination is there and. Uh, people wonder why it just seems so, you know, vapid. You know, it it doesn't really, it doesn't have a real feeling. Oh, you have to put yourself into there to make it interesting. So, yeah, that's the same for music or poetry or anything. Though. Yeah, well, a lot of young people are still really into music, and I'm sure their imaginations are 
fed off in some ways in that way. I sure hope so, Dan. Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. There was a, there's a website called OneUp.com, and they had a they had a series of games, like 20 games, and they sat down with these like 10, 11, 12 year olds. Yeah, and these were like uh, uh, close encounters of the third kind from you know the Atari twenty six hundred days. Uh-huh. And, and just the reaction to these games was just priceless. I'll to, I'll, I'm going to have to check that out. You might have to meet the URL. I'll have to. I'll have to see if I can dig it up. But it was so funny. They go, "What is that supposed to be?" Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the alien. But uh, it was funny. Yeah, they played a whole range of games, um, and uh, their reactions were just priceless. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Clean the skies, high in the mountains, there lives a hermit. She spoke the tongue of the ancients. She wore nothing but sheepskin. Geronimo! Speak ye the tongue of thy ancestors? Scare yourself one might. A lady of loneliness found yesteryear, crushed by the stones from a giant ogre. Free! Newsflash. Terrible teenage tragedy turns terrific. IRS insurance agents instruct cautiously. But the beautiful babe's brother's distressed. Ah! Four by four. They went into the ark. The assholes, dicks, bastards, and sons of bitches. Followed by the hookers, sluts, bimbos, and bitches. Noah was distressed and elated. Damn! An itch on my finger. I notice. It grows stronger as a pest. I cut off my finger and give it to God. Sorry! Alright, so the other thing I just wanted to hit was uh, if you've got any interesting stories that you'd like to tell. A lot of times I'll uh, maybe even start an interview off with an interesting story. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the, uh, the story of... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the story of uh, the first time I was seriously burned. All right. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know where to start. It's so funny. Um, well, one day my brother came home from school and... Um, my mom had gone to the store and he, he said, well, I got something really cool to show you. And, um, my brother is, uh, a lot like me. He's into science and so forth. He, he saw this at school the the teacher showed him this. So he says it's something called a zilch. So he gets some saran wrap and he ties the saran wrap and knots and he would go out on the deck and he, he lights it. You know, my mom was smoking at the time. So she, she had some matches all over the place. 
there's a little prequel. It was a little bit of a pyromania, uh, pyromaniac before this, but this was interesting. This was science. Uh, he showed me, and when the when the when the plastic starts to melt and it hits one of the knots in the saran wrap, well, it kind of balls up, and then this 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 uh, melted plastic falls down. It makes this boo boo kind of a cool sound, and that was the thing that my brother wanted me to show show him. I don't know. That's what my brother wanted to show me. So uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, and I, I, I told him about this, and we decided to go out into his backwoods and, and make our own zilches. Um, but we didn't have any saran wrap. Uh, what we had was some industrial plastic, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had these big, I, I think they were two-by-fours or logs. I, I'm not quite sure I remember <laughs> that correctly. But we wrapped this gigantic uh industrial plastic on this and we lit it up but we didn't just light it up we lit it up on one of his tree forts it was like eight feet off the ground and you know we're they would slide it up and it's the the melting plastic is kind of big you know and we're going oh wow and all this melted plastic and industrial plastic is falling down and it's falling down on these leaves and i think my friend decides to go down and check on the fire or whatever and i did something like really stupid and to this day i I don't even know why I did it, but I decided to try to fling the plastic with this thing. So imagine me with this big log, big industrial plastic, and this globs of melted plastic, and I try to fling it in the air, and what happens is it flings back on me, and it hits my hands. Well, at that point, I scream pretty loudly, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I jump off off the fort. I, I sort of remember that part. Um... I, I I jumped down and my friend sees what what's going on. He says, "Rip it off! Rip it off!" Because he, I don't know he saw some movie where somebody had burning plastic all over him. And, you know, <laughs> you're supposed to rip it off because it's going to hurt later. So I rip it off, and well, a bunch of skin comes off. Uh, they're you know good good sized pieces of skin. So I scream some more. <laughs> then I just start running back to his house. Well, uh, I didn't tell you, but uh, he his babysitter. Uh, was there, and uh, I think I ran through a barbed wire fence or two there. I don't remember, because I was, I was kind of in shock and screaming and that kind of thing. And the babysitter uh, uh, was saying, oh, how did, how did you do this? And my friend comes back up, and and uh, I think he says uh, something like, uh, I, f- I fell, he fell off his bike. We were big bike riders <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but uh, what eventually happened is I eventually went home, I I had to go to the, we didn't go to the emergency room. I, I don't think we went to the emergency room. But my mom eventually asked me how it happened. I had told her. And uh, she, I think she said something like, I think you're done with fire for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, the, that was the real final time that got into me that, you know, fire was dangerous. Um, <laughs> uh, a little ad note, I don't usually tell this at this part of the story, but my my family always wanted me to burn the paper in the backyard. We used to we didn't recycle then. We burned this big pile in this thing, and my parents trusted me to do this. After this, they they didn't have any worries <laughs> because because I I had I had uh, you know faced fire and and kind of gone through it. So it was a good thing, but it was it was kind of see it was a positive learning experience. <laughs> it was a, a good thing. I didn't really you know get. I don't know, my eye with plastic in it or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And of course, Eric is referring to a friend, which is actually myself. <laughs> I was being nice. I, I know. <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, we used to uh, burn a lot of stuff in, in those woods. <clears throat> But uh, I remember we almost, I almost, maybe you were there. We almost caught the neighbor's um, property on fire. <laughs> I think there, there, there's some addendum to that as well, is that you went back like a few hours later after I went home, and yeah. you said there was something still on fire. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we played with fire too much after that. It was, it was now dangerous, and we needed to respect it. No, we elevated up to fireworks, I remember. <laughs> yes, yeah. Was, uh, there's some other good stories about fireworks. <laughs> firework building. Well, that was supervised, though, and, uh, and, and allowed by the parents. Yeah, I remember uh, the mailman came in one time, or maybe it was the milkman, if you were still getting milk back then. I don't it was remember. the milkman, it was. Yeah, he's like, oh, what are you guys doing? You making bombs? Oh, I had a friend, he blew his thumb right off. <laughs> and we were like, uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was back when the milkman actually came inside the garage and put the milk in the fridge. Yeah. It's different yeah. times. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that's thanks for sharing that story. That's a good one. So what's next for you in poetry? Well, uh, I'll keep on writing it when, I, uh, when it happens. Uh, uh, we didn't really talk about that, but the times that I try to, you know, I'm going to write a poem. It doesn't quite work for me most of the time. Um, but I, the inspiration or my muse comes from all sorts of different things in life. So, Gap. White cap on the sea. Waves come and you stay. White gap on the sea. Birds hover and you stay. White gap on the sea. The sun heats and you stay. White gap on the sea. Ships plow and you stay. White gap on the sea. Winds blow and you stay. White gap on the sea. Rains trounce and you stay. White gap on the sea, night unfolds and you stay. White gap on the sea, darkness paints and... White gap on the sea, sunrise comes and you appear. Blustered upon my cash, treasured found in my journeys, far but near and past, fear not my wrath and tyranny. Abide sharp red and grub, keeps the warm heart thumping. Faint not ye gypsies red, sear fires glow thy trumped. Drink long droughts, the sour sweet elixirs, touches coils. Serpent fierce, your mind will pour, rope tight, 
angle cell roaring, front less stars than steer, ye log of wounds, bright signs, align ye lathe, straight peer, ears, eyes, myths, no crimes, cross waters far ye jump, monster tomb, cipher ye through, clear wind, clear noggin, stumped, tomb, ye tomb, as mate, no loom. Deck of fates, tis not searing. Draw pile, ye hand, blessed. To bosom, pull non fearing. Vouchsafe God, fate's gates ahead. Empty thine elixirs, more drink. Tune ye mates, clear ciphers. Divine ye moon signs slumber. His fates, me keys for Davy's locker. I'd like to thank my guest today, Eric Reel, for the interview and for sharing his poetry, which he pre-recorded and sent to me. I put all that poetry together with some music from Kevin McLeod's Incompetech.com royalty-free music website. So that's the music that you've been hearing in this program today. For a complete list of all the songs and the titles of all the poems that you've heard throughout this podcast, please check out our website, musicliferadio.com. Episode 29, Real Poetry. Also like to make note out that every web episode that we post, you can also leave comments using the comments button. You can also send us an email via the contact form on our contacts page. That's all available at musicaliveradio.com. We definitely love to hear from you. And if you don't like what you hear, we may just have to add a new button that Eric has recommended we yeah. add. <laughs> you need a dislike button, Dan. <laughs> you need a dislike button. <laughs>